Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Aimless Shower Thoughts. It's been a while. I've been doing a lot of things, um, helping out family, been in Montana for a bit, you know, just kind of all over the place. But I'm super excited to be making another episode. A lot has happened in my life, and I'm kind of excited for the future. Uh, so I kind of wanted to jump into, I, I know I've talked about my past a lot, but I kind of want to bring the present into focus. So I wanted to talk about trauma bonding versus love. Why would I talk about this? Well, first and foremost, I used to be abused <laughs> mentally and emotionally um, growing up. I had a narcissistic parent, as you guys know, if you've listened to my previous episodes. And so because of that, I've done a lot of therapy and I've gotten a lot of help in order to really be mindful of myself and make sure that I'm putting myself in healthy and safe situations. Uh, still a work in progress, but you know, I am continually learning and finding joy in places that I wouldn't have before, which are major signs that I'm growing. Mm -hmm. um, so I bring this up because I, um, I've noticed this with dating <laughs> that the past few people that I have started to invest in, um, one person that I did actually date, uh, kind of started to notice that there was a lot going on in their past that they hadn't resolved. And because of that, they were unintentionally trauma bonding. Not to me. Like uh, the person that I dated did not do this. Um, fantastic individual. Uh, learned a lot. And because of it, because we cared enough to provide each other genuine growth and the desire to seek, you know, a healthy life and healthy journey through healing um, that ended. Um, and I wish him the absolute best um, in that. But uh, one of the things that I really have learned as well as there was somebody previous to that, there's actually been quite a few people that I've gone on dates with really not the best experiences because it's really hard. I'm in a place in my life where I am genuinely happy alone. Like this is something where I find joy, I find success, I find peace, um, you know, alone. Uh, a couple of things that I, I miss a lot is sleeping next to someone that I adore being close to, being able to snuggle up to them and just feeling safe and knowing that they're my person. Um, with that, I, I I know that one of the things that I'm seeking personally is a partner. Like that's something that I know that I, I find, you know, adds to what is already there but it is not the main focal point of my life though, you know, things kind of switch and you make a decision and commit or whatever it may be. And at that point, that is something where my, sh the shift happens. My, my mindset shifts to something not entirely away from what it was, but you know, I make that decision and choose that person, but I'm a lot more careful now. So when it comes to trauma bonding, um, there's people that who asked me to be their girlfriend this has happened multiple times where people are like, will you be my girlfriend? Will you be my girlfriend? I don't say this to gloat. I say this, if anything, to kind of point out, you know, I think this happens to a lot of us where people are like, Hey, do you want to try this out? Do you want to start a relationship? Um, and there are points where, you know, it's great to be wanted, but I knew that I had grown and that I was okay being on my own because I looked at these people and I saw like what was really going on, things that they really needed to work on and how they handled situations and after having in-depth conversations about, well, what would you expect from the relationship? Like, what do you expect of me? What can I expect of you? Like, what do you imagine the long 
like as much as you can see from the starting point, would you hope that this would turn into, right? You would imagine that people would say, well, did, you know, eventually be together forever. Um, and it, I, it's funny because I've taken a couple of courses where the way that someone talks, the words that they choose will tell you a lot. There's certain people where if you pay attention to their behaviors, you will notice that a lot of them will get really guarded when they really care. And usually the people that get really guarded when they truly deeply care have been hurt before and are actually going to be the kind of people that you can trust more. You would see some people would look at that and go, well, they're closing off. So obviously they're not in a good place. And it's like, yes and no. I'm that person where I've been hurt as well, right? Like I was, you know, I've been in great relationships that ended abruptly and I have no idea why for some of them um, that I was married and I gave so much more than I should have, but I never, will never regret that I gave 110%. And it just ended because, you know, whatever it was. So like, there's, there's a lot that I can see where you'd be like, okay, well, if they suddenly get distant, there's a problem. But in reality, sometimes people are facing this scary thing that in the past hurt them a lot, but they're doing something really brave and courageous. So they put themselves on the line. So you have the people who kind of cut themselves off. Then there's the people, and this is the trauma bonding people, the people that don't realize you've had so much trauma, whatever it is, it may not be in relationships, maybe it's just your personal life. Uh, you know, you had family who abandoned you, abandonment issues, um, feeling like you're not good enough, whatever it may be, like whoever you put your, tr that, that person put their trust into and really heavily relied on creating their reality. They were disappointed. So they're just kind of grasping. I call it, I use this verbiage because it kind of gives it kind of like the desperate image in my mind, but they're like groping for attention. Like they'll grab anything out of out of the air, anything around them that resembles an inkling of care, love, and like they're valued. And they don't really look at it for what it is. Like, is this something healthy, healthy for them? Is this something that's really going to be long-term good? Um, but the thing is, is that if you don't have two people going after, you know, pursuing if something's going to work out or not, what ends up happening is they both just kind of jump into it because they are both desperately seeking anything, anything. And that is what trauma does. Trauma bonding, you catch yourself justifying abusive behavior. Like perhaps you feel sorry for your partner or pity their difficult upbringing. Well, this reflects a caring nature and likely comes from a place of kindness. You make room for a violation of your own boundaries. This justification reflects a failure to uphold boundaries on your part, paving the way for an unhealthy relationship. So you see that they're doing things where you're like, oh, they, they did this, like this is how I grew up and I have all these problems and because of that, I'm... I'm lashing out. I'm not holding myself accountable. And because you do take that pity, you know, you're like, well, I've been through so much. I've learned this. This is something that I had to do for myself. Like I grew up very abused and there was a point where I had to stop and <laughs> to be real with myself and to say, you know what? Yes. A lot of us have been through so much garbage, which I'm so sorry if you have for everyone that will or is still healing from it. But the thing is, is you can't continually blame your past if you're not willing to fix your future. If you're not willing to invest in healing or getting help for whatever reason, pride, maybe you grew up because you were abandoned, you, you had no control over your life. 
like you just didn't have control. So the one thing that you have control over is you trying to boost up your confidence, which is all inflated. It's not anything real because you're sitting there trying to convince yourself of something when it's not really there because how can you say that you're healed or that you're doing better if you haven't like you're wearing a tool belt right now right so imagine you're wearing a tool belt and you're saying I got all the tools that I need to move forward and I'll be cautious to make sure that I'm doing this carefully and that I'm really implementing what I've learned and all the tools that I've used in order to fix and to use those skills or tools to be able to help me in the future when I face problems, um, whereas before there was trauma that really affected it, right? So in the same sense, how can you sit there and say that you're ready? Because like you have no tools in your tool belt, but you've worked really hard to get this tool belt in the first place, right? Like we all have a belt of some sort, like a tool belt, whatever it is. And the thing is, is that you're looking, you go, well, I have a tool belt, so obviously I'm well equipped. Well, the thing I've learned is that I personally look at it as there's always a new tool or a new skill that I can learn to better myself, to be a better version of me. And so one thing that helps remind me that, you know, I grew up with a narcissist of a parent and a narcissist will never admit fault, will never think there's anything wrong, will never seek help to better themselves. That's just basically how narcissists are. And so it's a, a gentle reminder that my therapists and counselors past really had to drill into my mind of Natalia, you were so worried about being abusive and being who abused you. You don't like you're afraid of being just like them, that you're actually proving to yourself that you're not like that at all. So here we are puffed up ego. We have this pride that's based on nothing because it's the only thing we have. Like you're literally grasping onto this thing called pride. And it's the only thing you have left because there's nothing left for you. And your ego gets bruised or your pride is broken and you get super upset about things. So in that same sense, you have to, you have to look at it and go, Hey, I've been through a lot. And while it's valid that the way I'm reacting is because of abusive behavior, if you're aware of that, if you know that that's the problem and you're not getting help, you can no longer blame your abuser for the fact that you are continually living in the same way that you are because you're aware of the problem, but not fixing it for yourself. So at this point, you would then have to say, hey, I, you know, you have to own that you're the problem now. Because there are so many tools. And I know that therapy is terrifying. I know that talking to someone is terrifying. A lot of times people look at it as there's someone telling me what to do, telling me how to be happy. These people have so many tools to provide you for your tool belt to be able to use in situations that you've struggled with. And I've also always seen the best way to know if you need to see a therapist is if you believe that you don't need to see one at all. Because even in my best times of life, I've always kept my therapist nearby. Always. Like if I'm making a big decision, like I'm getting ready to make a pretty big decision in my life right now, I literally created a therapy session and spent an hour and a half being like, all right, let's talk about this. Please help me make sure that I'm making the right decision. I want to make sure that I'm mentally and emotionally preparing for this in a healthy way and that I'm you know, doing the right thing for me and for whatever my future might be. And, you know, of course I'd be worried because I'm doing my best to take care of me. Um, 
Another thing about trauma bonding that a lot of people don't think about is, you know, you should end the relationship, but are struggling to cut ties. Again, let's talk about being desperate, desperately holding on to anything because you don't have, you haven't, you haven't, you yourself have not, I'm trying to find the words, have not created this foundation or this life that you can really lean on or rely on for yourself. Maybe you've made mistakes because of your abuse. People have made you question yourself. You doubt every decision you make. You're sitting there thinking, holy crap, there's no way that I could ever trust myself because your abusers convinced you of that. Every single one of them. It doesn't mean that somebody has to be punching you to be abusive. Somebody doesn't have to be sitting there calling you, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're a piece of crap and you're the worst human ever. Da, da, da. Those are also very abusive, but I mean, people see abuse as like this black and white thing. Like for sure, you're going to see if somebody's being abusive to you or not. Like it's like a yes or no, but in reality, that's not how it works. There's so many gray areas where it's dependent on the person and their life experiences. So a lot of the times these people are very desperate on a subconscious level. You are aware that this is not how healthy love should look or feel. You may catch yourself covering up your partner's behavior to friends and family to deny your relationship's reality. I did that with my marriage. Um, he wouldn't move and he would never come visit Texas and see my family. They always missed him. They're like, where is he? We'd love to see him. Where's he at? And I was just like, oh, he just didn't want to come. I guess he was busy. <coughs> Excuse me. But in reality, he made it an intentional decision to never be willing to come visit. Like it, it was something that was a very hard decision, right? So you may feel fear, embarrassed, or even intense anxiety if you manage to cease con contact. Like know that this is normal as a trauma bond is deeply biologically and psychologically rooted. Like it may help to view the breakup as a withdrawal from an addiction. There is a distinct disconnect between your impulse responses and your rational thoughts. Um, so the thing is, is that it's really hard. A lot of people who trauma bond or have been abused, there's a reason why a lot of them end up being addicts of some sort. That's usually a huge sign for me, especially in the dating world where I meet a lot of people who have a lot of addictions. They have a lot of problems. And when people say, I'll change for you, that is the biggest red flag on earth that this person is not healthy for me. Like they're not healthy for themselves yet. Like, why would I do that to them and act like it'd be okay? Like when I meet someone and they're like, yeah, I don't need, you know, I don't smoke. I don't drink really at all. I drink, but like I'm a two drink person and I'm done. Right. Um, they're like, I don't do drugs. Like that's just not my thing. And you can tell when somebody is being honest about something like that or not, you, you know, someone who's used drugs or not, not to say that in a bad way, but it's one of those things where you can tell maybe they have in the past and maybe they healed, which is fantastic. But those are things that I look for when they go, I don't do this. That's something I just don't do. That's usually a huge sign to me that this person um, knows that there's a disconnect between their impulse responses and rational thoughts. And they've really come to understand and conquer and strengthen those aspects about themselves. Um, Another thing about that you're a trauma bonding, you're trying to fix your partner or reignite the love you shared before, right? I uh, tried this as well. I'm saying all this because I have been here before. When trauma bonded to a partner, there's a sense of desperation to serve their needs to meet your own. Again, desperation. This form of codependency can stem from your own unhealed childhood attachment wounds, but it also often is also often heightened by a primary 
love bombing stage. So in this stage, the relationship explodes into action and your partner seems instantaneously magnetic. The sadly bitter reality is that within this relationship pattern, the high and the high and companionship experience experienced, oh my gosh, I'm struggling with words, during the love bombing stage will not return. Occasional crumbs of love and affection do not warrant your staying in an abusive relationship and our divisions of manipulation. Um, it's really hard because like literally, um, I posted this on my personal Facebook page and I feel so strongly about, listen, stop trauma bonding. Like you've got to help yourself get help. Like you deserve the best. And that's what I had to do for myself. Um, I left a marriage where I was 1000% in, if that's even a percentage that makes sense. I was so in and I was, you know, I was like, I would have done anything. I would have done anything for him. I would have done anything like literally um, given my life several different points. Right. I would have done that, but it, it's funny because I, as I healed and started going to therapy in the midst of um, our marriage is when I was married, I've I had come to find that I had a lot of things that I needed to heal from. And as I did, I was still 100% in the marriage, but I also found this interesting balance that a lot of people struggle to find of self-love, self-love, taking care of me, also being mindful of the things because my ex, he was really good. He was fantastic. He'd make the bed. He did the laundry and he did the dishes. Things I never asked him to do. He just always did them. He hated vacuuming. So I did vacuuming. I also cleaned the bathrooms. Like cleaning bathrooms is huge to me. Like if you, somebody has a questionable kitchen or bathroom in terms of cleanliness, I tend to not really trust a lot of things. I get like families who have big, you know, kids or whatever, like sometimes life just happens. But it's like, if you're meeting someone, in my opinion, and you, those are two questionable places, like they're not very clean, that kind of, I, I don't know, don't ask me why. I think it's just like, I'm pretty uh, OCD about it. But it's kind of odd. But that's, that's how it is for me. Um, so you have these people who love bomb and when they love bomb you, like it's generally going to be the abuser. So you are attached, you grow quickly to adore them and then you can't imagine your life without them. And you're like, maybe they're just having a rough day or a rough night or whatever it may be. And then you struggle, like it said, you know, earlier, you get occasional crumbs of love and affection and those don't warrant staying in an abusive relationship at all. Um, another thing about uh, trauma bonding is that you feel like you are walking on eggshells. Conflict is sporadically present in all social interactions. However, if you feel constantly anxious about upsetting your partner, it could like it could signify a trauma bond. Persistence anxiety tends to go hand in hand with taking responsibility even blaming yourself for your partner's abuse. Um, it demonstrates a deep-rooted fear of conflict with your partner that should not exist in a healthy relationship ever, 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 ever. So something I actually found out recently is that when you get those butterflies, whenever you're excited about a date, like there's nerves, right? You get super nervous about something. It's a little bit different than if every time you see them, like you get super anxious, right? So that's actually the same response. 
your body's giving the same response. It's super anxious, right? And your anxieties could be stemmed from the fact that you've been hurt or you've struggled dating and, you know, you really like the person and you're really worried that things are going to go well. <laughs> you know, things go really well. What do I do now? Okay, things are actually good. I'm so used to things not going well. What do I do? Okay, it's good. Crap. What's the next step, right? So the thing is, is that I've actually started this thing where <laughs> I had a recent experience where it was like, hey, you know, do you feel awkward? And it was like, you, well, I mean, I feel nervous, but it wasn't about the person. And they, it was the same. They, they didn't feel nervous about me, but there were nerves and they were nervous about what to do. Like, what do you expect of me? What, you know, what am I supposed to do? Like we, you know, both this gentleman and I both married for years. And it's just really hard because when you're married, you're used to coming home. And if you want to hug and to kiss someone, you just go do it. Like in a healthy relationship, that's how it is. You just go hug. You're just like, I just want to hug from you. Can we please just hug? And it's like, can I please kiss you? Like, and you just go up and kiss them. Right. So here's this new territory of like, oh my gosh, like, ah, we get along really well and freak. And so I stopped and I paused about it. Cause I'm like, wait, if we're both feeling nervous about and I stopped because I didn't feel nervous about him. I didn't feel uncomfortable about him at all, um, which I actually really liked. I felt a lot of peace about him. And uh, so it's one of those things. I, I bring him up because he's a really good example of something that I've been really looking for, like in terms of like dating, you know, whatever may happen. Um, doesn't matter what happened or like the aftermath of it, but it kind of helped me realize this is what I want. And it goes hand in hand and like you feel like you're walking on eggshells. If you're constantly feeling anxiety about the person themselves, this is where I was like, okay, it's okay to be nervous and anxious about how to act. Should I hold their hand? Should I, like, I really want to cuddle with them and I'm not going to do it because I'm super nervous and I'm so insecure about it because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, or is it some, you know, it's one of those where I found that it's okay to be nervous about how to act because you don't know, but it's a bigger thing. Like, it's not okay if you're sitting there feeling nervous about the person and for whatever reason, after spending whatever amount of time with them, you know, a, a bit of time with them, you still feel anxious and nervous. Um, and you don't quite know why. You just feel like, you know, you're going to start. And that's why I also, um, one thing that I've done to really combat it is to start asking straight up questions. So if I have a question and I feel like it's a little bit heavy and I'm nervous or I don't feel like I can talk to them about it, that's usually a sign to me, hey, maybe this isn't right for you, you know? Because if I can't just openly communicate or say, I, I've actually gotten to the point where I do, I'll ask a question anyways. I'd rather like understand if I'm still struggling with things that I need to heal from. So I'll just ask questions anyways and just be like, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What do you want? Like, how do you feel about me? Like, I'll say things like that. And I've come to find that the people who make me feel weird for saying it probably are going to end up manipulating me later on. Because here I am asking just a simple question, very open, very honest. And if they can't communicate with me in an open, safe way, then that's usually a huge sign that it's not going to work. You should never be worried about being able to talk to the person that you're investing in about how you feel or trying to gauge and make sure that you guys are on the same page. 
anything healthy will never render a negative response in terms of that. And mind you, somebody's saying, hey, you know, I'm really not feeling it. That's not a negative response. A negative response would be like, are you serious? You want to talk about that now? Okay, I guess I will. Like, I guess we can talk about it. Well, I guess I'm willing to see where things go. If that, if you really have to get a response, like that, that's negative. That right there is negative, right? Um, I always try to be careful to not say something I don't mean. So if I don't feel certain, I'll go. To be honest, I'm still trying to figure that out. But here's what I have so far that I've figured out in terms of like how I feel about someone, where I'm hoping it goes. I generally know where I want things to go if I'm willing to meet someone and go on dates with them, especially if it's more than once, like I go and see them again. Like I generally have a good idea of where I would hope things would go. Um, and I try to have those conversations before actually, like it's, I know it seems really weird, but talking to someone especially in this day and age where online dating is a big thing. Like I do online dating and you know, I've had a lot of great experiences. So people who bash on it just, I think aren't, I think it's a lot of it has to do with the person. Like if you're going and expecting everyone to match with you, everyone to talk with you, um, maybe you're not ready for a relationship and you should be okay with something being casual or non-committal because it doesn't seem like you're really looking for a commitment. You're just looking for attention, which is not bad. If that's what you need, if you're in that phase of your life, go ahead and do it. Like that's totally fine. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's interesting to me because online dating is so intriguing because I can carry a conversation. Like I'll hold a conversation and it goes really well. Most of the time, some guys get straight to the point when they tell that I'm just going to, I'm going to actually conversate and, uh, yeah, so it's one of those things where I think that we all need to understand that trauma bonding is real. This dating world is new, and I'm starting to <laughs> meet people who are really good for me, I feel, and I'm really excited to see where things go. But I hope that we're all willing to stop and just think about, you know, Am I really in a healthy place? And if not, get out of it. Like, it's scary to be alone, right? I get it. Feeling lonely is the worst feeling ever. But I've come to find that being alone and being lonely are two different things. Being alone is a choice. You're willing to embrace it and you're like, I'm okay with this. Being lonely means that you're in a place of, I, I would say, of needing to heal. You need to heal. Feeling lonely is generally a sign that you have growth. There's a potential for so much growth. And that's not a bad thing. That just means, sweet, okay, here's a sign. There's so much more that I can be and I can be focusing on. And it's going to be about me. And this is going to be painful and it's not going to be easy. But I'm going to do it. Because I love being around people. Like being around a like specific, like, you know, just a person. Even just one-on-one -on -one time, spending time with someone I love. So I get that like sometimes I can feel lonely. But that doesn't mean that you are lonely. It just means that you have an abandonment or an anxiety that is building up in you. Personally, um, I'm not a professional, so <laughs> don't take everything I say as fact. It's just how I feel. Um, I hope that this helps someone. Um, I wish I'd gotten this kind of advice that would have helped. Um, that, you know, sometimes it's okay to say no. Sometimes it's like you need to stop grasping at anything because it's not going to fix you. Any problems you have, a relationship will not fix. Absolutely not. So go fix you because you deserve it. Um, I'm really excited for the future, whatever it may hold. 
Um, I'm really hoping that I can eventually find my partner that I can spend life with, who I can enjoy doing nothing with, who I can enjoy cooking food with, enjoy poking fun at, being sarcastic with, and just giving a bunch of crap to. Um, I'm really excited for that because that's what I seek in life, dating-wise. Um, I hope that you know I, I I can continue to grow and become my best version for them. And I, I'm excited to meet someone who's willing to meet on the same level as me. Um, I know that we can all work really hard. And sometimes it's hard to see that we need to grow. But, you know, again, I think that if it, it's always valid to sit there and think, what more can I become? What more can I grow and be? That doesn't mean what more can I do to make more money? What can I do to have all my friends and family be proud of me and seem feel like I'm successful finally and congratulate me. Those are things that are out of your free control. Yeah. Come free control. Literally like you can't control that. And seeking something like that is going to eat at you. It will destroy you. I hope that you are willing to love yourselves enough to give yourself that love and that validation because while it's, it's normal to want people to be happy for you. You need to first be happy for yourself. Thanks for listening. I'm going to end there. And I hope you guys join me next time on Aimless Shower Thoughts. Have a great day.